Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Concerning the meal offering, in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And when you present an offering of a meal offering baked in the oven, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened cakes, mingled with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And if your offering is a meal offering baked on a flat plate, it shall be of fine flour mingled with oil, unleavened. Today on Life Study of the Bible, we have a very significant topic for you, the critical aspect of the meal offering, that it is fine flour mingled with oil. And Ron Kangas has joined us for fellowship today. Ron, thank you for being here for this important message. I'm happy to consider this subject with you. Ron, this mingling with oil signifies Christ's humanity typified by the fine flour being mingled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, we've talked many times in this program about the oil in the Old Testament being a type of the Spirit. But I realize that many listeners may not understand why we're saying that this is such an important matter. It's very crucial, and especially as it concerns the person of Christ. I hope all our listeners will stay with us today for this important program. We have a lot of material to uh, cover today. Do you have an opening word that you'd like to give us to kind of set the stage for what we're about to get into? Uh, I'll try my best to, um, to give a word that will set the direction for us. We are familiar with the fact that a heretic named Eutychus in the 5th century used the word mingled, the equivalent of it in his language. But he used it to propound a heretical view of the person of Christ. And he used this word wrongly, we believe, to suggest that a third thing, a third nature was produced and that Christ's humanity was virtually swallowed up by his divinity. As a result, so many theologians up to recent decades shunned the word mingle, thinking that anyone who uses it must be a Eutychian. But that is, let's just say, uh, simply not accurate. We're aware of the history, we're aware of the heresy, and we are also aware of the fact that there is no better word in the English language than mingle to describe the union of the two natures, divinity and humanity, in Christ, the one person. I believe it will come out in further segments of this program that we follow the dictionary definition of mingle, that is, two elements or substances are brought together, they form a particular entity, but they remain distinguishable in the union And we would add they do not then bring forth a third thing, which is neither of the two elements. In the person of Christ, divinity is there, humanity is there. 
The divinity is expressed through the humanity. The humanity is distinguishable. The divinity is distinguishable. But they're not two separate, isolated natures. They are joined. And mingle means that the human is in the divine and the divine is in the human. Exactly what is revealed in passages like John chapter 14. What is, uh, I think, critically important to uh, communicate to our listeners is that there is a proper and an improper understanding of this word, and we want to make that distinction, I hope, clear today from its real usage and uh, context in Scripture. So let's go to Witness Lee for the first portion. The uh, meal offering for all experience and for all enjoyment could never be separate from God's Spirit. His humanity is always mingled with his divinity. Uh, I'd like to uh, help you. Uh, Mr. Darby gave a very strong note on this word. This word mingling means to get all mixed with your inner part, to uh, make your inner element, every part, vigorous. It's quite meaningful. Now, there's a lot of debate concerning the matter of mingling. Some theologians, or you may say the early fathers, thought to use the word mingle that indicates you make human people God. You see? You make human people God. How could we human beings be mingled with the divine being? These uplift our human being too much to the same high standard as God. So they don't believe in the matter mingling. It was a condemned teaching. But there is such a revelation in the Bible. Ron, he identified here, I think, the critical uh, point of today's program, and that is the proper versus the improper understanding of this term, as we were talking about before. He referred back to a number of sources. He named Darby. Uh, Many of the church fathers had differing views about the use of this term. Uh, And because the term had come under some question, as you pointed out earlier, uh, back in the late 70s, Livingstream published a booklet addressing this very thing, and that is the testimony of church history regarding the mystery of the mingling of God with man. And the book points out through more than 30 direct quotations from church fathers concerning the legitimate use of this word that mingling is appropriate. And in the preface, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bromley, who was a professor of church history and historical theology at Fuller Theological Seminary, and uh, let me quote him here, just a line out of this preface, it says, This little book serves a particularly valuable service by bringing to our notice the contribution of our predecessors in the faith to an important theme in Christian faith and proclamation. So in the proper sense, mingling should not be condemned and was not condemned, but it was also misunderstood. Maybe you could touch these two uh, varying interpretations of this word and what is proper and orthodox and what is not. Okay, the word mingle in and of itself uh, may be used in what we would consider an orthodox way. 
that is a way that is that conveys the divinely revealed truth in the scriptures, or it can be used as it was by Eutyches in an heretical way to support the notion that the human nature is virtually swallowed up in the divine nature. And as Brother Lee pointed out, some may say this word was used to advocate the heresy that human beings can virtually enter into an aspect of the Godhead. Not possible. But simply because this word has been misused erroneously by certain theologians, is not going to deter us from a proper use of this word because in its rightful understanding, it is exceedingly beneficial. We're talking about say, based on John 14 and other passages that speak of God being in man, man being in God, in Christ, the word mingle, used accurately, describes the union of divinity and humanity in the person of Christ. We appreciate the fact that some theologians have defended the use of this term, Darby, a very great scholar in biblical languages, uh, used this word in his translation. We will continue to use it because it is so helpful in conveying the truth. However, we recognize the need to make the distinction clear. We are not saying and will never say that either divinity or humanity is lost in the union or that they become indistinguishable, or that they combine to produce a third thing, neither divine nor human. This is a false accusation leveled out of bias. We are very clear of the error, and by the Lord's mercy, also clear concerning the truth. Mingling refers to the union of divinity and humanity in the unique person of Christ, the God-man, Son of God and Son of Man. In him, the divine attributes are expressed through the human virtues. There is a union, but the distinction remains, and no third nature is produced. Ron, he referred to uh, Darby's footnote in the Old Testament, and it's actually a footnote in Leviticus chapter 2 on this very same verse, verse 4. And Darby makes it very clear that he approves of this word. And, of course, uh, as we've mentioned Darby's name before, let me point out very quickly that John Nelson Darby was a theologian and scholar uh, in the early 1800s, in the early 19th century, and translated the Bible in uh, uh, multiple languages, English, French, and German. And he was very comfortable with this word. He says not to be doubted that this is more than and intended to be more than anointed, mixed. Mingled is the sense of the word. It is not merely anointed as consecration, but his whole system is invigorated and strengthened by it. And Witness Lee referred to that and particularly like this part about being invigorated. It is a, a good footnote here, isn't it? It's very helpful. And we stand on the shoulders of such great teachers as Darby, and we believe that by the Lord's grace, the understanding has become more and more clear and, in a sense, simplified in its presentation. There is not a mixture. Use the word mixture. That, that is confusing. Mingling implies the two are joined, 
They're joined in one person. Divinity is expressed through humanity, yet divinity and humanity remain distinct, and no third nature is produced. I believe this is fair and clear, and we'd like all the believers to know that this is our teaching based upon the divine revelation in the Word and supported by many faithful students and teachers of the Holy Scriptures. Well, one of the key components of uh, this ministry is to see the Old Testament in a marvelous light, and that is as the picture that uh, gives us such a clear view and understanding of so many of these things. That's what we're going to get in this coming section, the picture depicted in Leviticus 2.4. Here's Witness Lee once again. A picture is clearer than a thousand words. Here's a picture, the meal offering. The meal offering is basically made of fine flour. Wait, the oil. And here, the oil is mentioned, not only to anoint the fine flour, but to be mingled with the fine flour. So turn to chapter 2 and verse 4. When you bring a meal offering baked in an oven as an offering, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil. You see the words here. Mingled with oil. Oil, no doubt, denotes divinity. And fine flour, no doubt, denotes Christ's humanity. Here it says, the fine flour mingled with oil. This means what? This means humanity here is uplifted to the high standard of God. You know, when Paul was caught on the road of Damascus, the Lord called him, Saul, Saul, why you persecuted me? That bothered Paul. Who are you, Lord? Jesus, whom you persecuted. If Paul would argue, Paul would say, Lord Jesus, I never persecuted you. I persecuted uh, uh, Stephen. I persecuted uh, so and so, so and so, maybe hundreds of your disciples. I never persecuted you. But the Lord considered his disciples as parts of him. Why you persecuted me, including you and me? All the believers of Christ are just one with him. Not one in union, but one in what? In mingling. Ron, this is another good example, an interesting one that Witness Lee used of the Lord's speaking to the Apostle Paul, even as he was in his conversion experience. Give us your thoughts about how this depicts or shows us mingling. Uh, let me back up briefly. The Lord Jesus, the God-man, we testify, is the mingling of divinity and humanity in one person. 
The Gospel of John reveals this along with the Gospel of Luke. This one, the God-man, in John twelve twenty four, referred to himself as a grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying to produce many grains, the reproduction of the first grain. In John 20, he referred to the believers as his brothers, and his father was their father. What's the point here? The Lord, according to God's economy, through death and resurrection, released and imparted the divine life that was in him, and thereby reproduced himself. The many grains are the same in life and nature as the first grain, the original grain. That is, the many grains, the many brothers, also have, through regeneration, divinity as well as humanity, without, of course, ever becoming God in the Godhead. That's impossible. That would be an insult to the Godhead. We know from 1 Corinthians 10 that there is one loaf, which signifies one body composed of the many grains that have been blended together. This means that the church as the body of Christ is the reproduction of Christ as the first God-man. So by the time that Paul was confronted by the glorified Jesus in ascension, there existed on the earth the enlargement and reproduction of Christ. Christ lived in all of his members. They formed one body, one corporate person, the corporate Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 12.12. Therefore, to persecute, as Saul was doing, any member of of Christ's body, is to persecute part of Christ himself. This indicates that the mingling, properly understood, has been extended to all the believers who have Christ living in them. The Christ who lives in them is divine and human. In this sense, in this limited sense, we participate in this mingling and become its enlargement, the body of Christ, the corporate expression of Christ, we may say, a corporate God-man. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our final section today, Ron. Jesus was God, incarnated to be a man, a God-man. Do you believe that in this God-man, this part is God, and that part is man, and the two parts are united together to be God-man? Is this a way? If this is a way, how could he live then? <laughs> if there's no mingling, how could they live? You see the point? Not only so. They say when the two natures mingle together, and this produces a third nature, which is neither God nor man. But I purposely went to the third edition of the Webster Dictionary. Sorry, I cannot recite it. But Webster says, mingling means to have two 
elements join together and mingle together, but not producing a third element. And the substance of the two elements still remains separate. Very good definition. Could you see this? Mingle, yes, still remain separate in their essences. And there's no third element produced. Well, touching theology is not an easy thing. But anyhow, according to Tapp's pictures, it clearly depicts that there is a kind of mingling. The oil mingled with the fan flower. And the fan flower is mingled with the oil. These are two elements mingled together, but the essence of the two elements still remain distinctly, not producing a third one. This is the right meaning of this word mingling in English. I am not the authority of English, but you better go to the authority Webster Dictionary. Ron, I think we can relate to his word here that touching theology is not an easy thing. He concluded by encouraging us to check with Webster, so we went ahead and and, uh, pulled it out of Webster's third new international dictionary. To mingle means to bring or combine together or with something else so that the components remain distinguishable in the combination. And that's the uh, definition he was comfortable with. We began the program by pointing out there's a proper and an improper understanding of this word. I guess as a summary today, maybe tell us what we are saying and what we're not saying about mingling. Okay, we are saying that in Christ, in his unique person, there is the complete God. He was the complete God. He was also the perfect man. He was God with the divine attributes, man with the human virtues. So here we have both divinity and humanity in one person. One person indicates that in some mysterious way, divinity and humanity are joined, they're brought together. We are using the word mingling because we think it's the best term in English presently available to denote This union of the two natures in the one person of Christ, yet we affirm without hesitation in this union, divinity and humanity remain, the essence remains in them. They're distinguishable. We are not saying that there is no longer any distinction or separation between divinity and humanity. We are not saying that humanity was somehow swallowed up by the divinity, and we surely are not saying that this union of divinity and humanity produces something that is neither divine nor human. We have never taught this. It's not in our writings. It's not in our messages. It's not in our programs. So whether or not other dear believers are comfortable using the word mingle when speaking of the two natures of the God-man Jesus, 
and they know that we are using this term, we ask them to be fair-minded and honest, recognize how we are using the term and how we are not using the term. I will get on to say that, yes, we know many are cautious to use the term because of its misuse, but we will not be held back by this. We will continue to use it, but attempting to make our usage altogether clear so there's no misunderstanding and no ground for misinterpretation. The God-man Jesus was one person. He was God with the divine attributes, man with the human virtues. The two natures were joined, humanity in divinity, divinity in humanity, yet humanity and divinity remain distinguishable. The nature of each is preserved, and no third thing is produced. This is our presentation based on the scriptures of the two natures of Christ, the God-man, as typified by the fine flour and the oil in the meal offering mingled together. I'm glad, Ron, having come through this message in such a good way that we have this clear closing word that this is God's economy, his real heart's desire and intent regarding man. And I think we will hang on to this picture of the mingling, I hope, for the rest of our lives because it's the one that the Bible gives us. I guess it goes without saying, we would recommend the Life Study message on this topic. And certainly, all of these messages on the meal offering will help bring this matter into very clear focus for you. If uh, if you would like to contact us, we'll tell you how you can get this volume for yourself. All of these volumes, really, in the Life Study of Leviticus. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121. Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. And this wraps up our second week in the book of Leviticus. We'll be back again next week. Please join us for that. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.